there is no limit to what you can achieve. The possibilities are stronger now because I am supporting you and we're supporting each other. A lot of people starting to wake up to that. The minute that they wake up to it and really just own that, it just starts to snowball in the things that are possible. And welcome back to the Girl Unfiltered podcast. And wow, do I have somebody very special to share with you in today's podcast episode. It's my husband, (laughs) the mystery man that maybe you sometimes get a glimpse of on my social media. But wow, it is so exciting and fills my heart up with so much joy to be able to share with you one of the most important people to me in my life. Somebody who has witnessed my growth, who has witnessed my journey, who's been there to support me through some lows and some beautiful highs and supported me even in seeing that this entrepreneurial journey was even available to me. And we both come from very different backgrounds and received different styles of money programming and examples when we were growing up. And yet we came together as a couple, have been working on our own individual money mindset and together as a couple. And together we have grown so much in doing so. And I felt like there was going to be so much benefit in having him join me on this podcast episode to share what that looks like from his perspective, um, what that looks like within our relationship and for him to share, you know, the male side of his money mindset journey, because I do get asked a lot by my clients and the women's and women in my programs you know, what tools, what resources can I give to my husband? Or what do I do if my partner has a lack mindset? Or how can I support my partner in up-leveling their money mindset? And so who better to bring on to join me in this conversation than my very own partner? And we just sat at the dining room table and we looked at each other in the eyes and we were so present in this conversation. In fact, I would say that we've felt closer actually as a couple since having this conversation and sharing in that energy exchange. And I am so grateful to him. So instead of me just talking about this conversation, let me share this conversation with you and let's just dive right into this one. Wow, we're doing this. We're here. I'm here. (laughs) I have been trying to make this happen (laughs) for so long. It's got to be months now. I've tried personally, as your wife, so many different tactics. I've promised you dinner afterwards. I have promised you IPAs to try to get you loosened up, ready to come on here. I've tried a lot of my wife persuasive tactics. And the hilarious thing is that the day I'm actually getting you to do this. I'm doing a detox. <laughs> we like, we both really do not feel like drinking. Right. I, I totally thought we would do this over like a bottle of wine. And then I'd have to get you so energized on the right day. And we're both like coming off of a three day trip. 
Yeah. <laughs> we both worked all day and we're in our sweatpants in our home. We have candles lit. And this is, you know what? I'm, I think this is perfect because this is us. This is us. It's just you and me. We've got our tea. And this is going to be a really real conversation between us. And I want to thank you so much for coming on here and just sharing yourself with the podcast listeners. Well, I'm excited to be here. It's my uh, my guest appearance on your podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. You know, you've been I've been seeing you uh, put in a lot of work into this podcast. And uh, so I'm excited to see and hopefully I can bring something of value because obviously you're uh, hoping that I can bring something that I'm sure you want me to bring. And I hope that I can connect with uh, people and, and just be honest, be real. I know that you will do. And I have to celebrate you're the first man to ever come wow. on the Girl Unfiltered podcast. So it is very fitting that it's my husband because you've been with me from the beginning of this, like the very beginning before it was even called Girl Unfiltered, my brand before then, like we can get into that. But first I feel like we need to introduce you properly because the listeners know somewhat more about me. I mean, they've probably been following me and my brand and I've been listening to my different podcast episodes where I really open up about my journey, but you're this elusive figure. (laughs) I'm like a jaguar. That's right. Just kind of like lurk in the backgrounds. Like, is she married? She's married to that guy that randomly shows up on Instagram stories. You know, I did take a two year, I think it was a two year hiatus from Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, to be fair, I was just literally checked out. I needed to go back and to uh, reassess priorities that I had. It seemed like I was, my focus was in a lot of different places. And personally for me, I just needed to kind of regroup. regroup. And uh, yeah, but uh didn't stop my wife from, uh, you know, showcasing the little slides. I, I, I've, you know, I've been like, babe, don't put me on Instagram. Don't put me on Instagram. Sometimes I get away with it. You're you're right. You're like this little Jaguar in the background. Like they know I'm married and they know little bits about you here and there, but they don't really know Ray Valentine. And so would you feel comfortable sharing a bit about you and who you are? Uh, Well, it depends on what you want to know. Jaguar protects himself. I know you're very protective about what you share. And it's more about I value... uh, you know, there is, uh, I'm, I'm pretty old school, you know, not to age myself here, but uh, I do love, you know, things that are personal. I really do love the division between things that I hold personal that are dear and things that are things that you can share. And obviously we live in a very share economy, you know, every, everything is about sharing and everyone's sharing everything. But uh, yeah, there's things that, I, that I'm open about and there's things that I keep within my, my inner circle. I really respect that. And I'm actually really grateful for it as your wife, because I, you know, part of my business and and the the stuff I do every day is about being very out there sometimes and sharing a lot on social media. But I really think it's so important if you are doing that to know where your boundaries are. And I think in some ways you really help me do that because when I'm with you, like I am with you. And I think that we have that boundary somewhat of what we share about us and our, you know, personal lives and our relationship. And I actually find that a welcome breath of fresh air, but we are on the podcast. (laughs) So I got you here. Right. I'm here. And beyond being married to me, (laughs) being the girl unfiltered husband, I know 
how much value our listeners will receive from hearing you talk about money mindset and hearing you talk about your journey, especially from the male perspective. And that's why I really wanted to have you on today. So would you feel comfortable maybe sharing a little bit about, you know, from the beginning, going back to the beginning about, you know, where were you born? Uh, Where did you grow up? What was that life like for you in your young age? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I grew up in a city called Bridgeport, Connecticut. For those of you who know the Northeast, it's the metro area. It's close to Philly, New York City, in the inner city in Connecticut. A lot of people, when I tell them I'm from Connecticut because of the way that I, you know, speak naturally and, and sound, which is something I've worked on at school and, you know, with coaches and just how to effectively communicate, how to have the right tonality, things like that. But, you know, when I tell people that I'm from Connecticut, especially being dressed in a preppy attire, perhaps, or maybe some golfing some polos. (laughs) I'm wearing a black polo, by the way, right now. It's a nice little golf polo. People think of really like they have these ideas of what Connecticut is, but um, I'm from the inner city. So it's it's a pretty pretty wild time as a, as a young kid out in Bridgeport during the, uh, the nineties <laughs> was pretty crazy. And so, you know, we didn't really have much, uh, my mom being the superwoman that she was, uh, you know, she raised three boys, me being the oldest and, um, my two other brothers and, uh, she made things, she made things work, you know, she figured it out. And, uh, you know, it was a very interesting journey for me because I think I was the first to really um, kind of push my mom, you know, being the firstborn son and learning the new things that were around at that time, um, pushing my mom's boundaries of the things that I wanted to do. And unfortunately, we didn't have a lot of money, so I couldn't really make that connection when I was a kid, you know, didn't know what that was like until I got older, realizing, oh, you know, we didn't have this thing that you need in order to get the things that you want, you know. So what did you think was happening when you were fighting for the things that you wanted at that time, not knowing it had anything to do with what your mom was actually financially capable of providing? Well, at first it just created a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of anger, I think, when I was a kid, you know, the fact that I couldn't get the what I thought were simple things that other kids were getting. And these were things, you know, obviously my mom provided all of the basic things that I needed, right? I never was without anything. I didn't need any, you know, it was the things that I wanted. There was always that division between the things that I needed. I always had those things, you know, but then there were things that I wanted, right? And so those things always tended to be outside of the family budget that my mom had for us. And, uh, yeah, I was like, why can I, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing great in school. I'm, you know, I'm being a, a student, I'm working my, why, why, why? And it was always, you know, trying to figure it out. And obviously my mom's always like, well, we don't have that. We can't afford that. That's not where, where we are. And, um, you know, I always tell the story to you where I was like, uh, you know, where every time we were in the supermarket, it was like, it was one of the things that I just hated going to the market with my mom. Because at that time, and I I believe that the supermarket is still designed the same way, but basically everything on the bottom shelf is the no frills section, right? I mean, it's it's the the no frills for, for, for those of you out there that maybe don't see those brands out there. They're just like 
Fruit Loops, right? But with no color on it, no, you know, no marketing on it. It's just a bag that says Fruit Loops in a big white bag and it says no frills. So it tastes exactly the same to be, <laughs> to be fair, but, uh, I wanted the one with the bird on it. I wanted the one with the toy in the box. I wanted the one with, you know, and that's what, that was in the middle section, right? It was the, the section of the, uh, the supermarket. And of course I'd always grab the first, you know, brand recognition that I saw in television, all oh, these fruit loops, mom, you know, and I put those in the cart. My mom would take them out, put them in, grab the one on the bottom, put those in. I'm like, mom, why please? She's like, you know, one day you're going to understand, you know, you need to budget. I'm like, no, when I have money, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to buy no frills. You know, I'm never going to not, I'm never going to pick those things. I'm never going to even budget. You know, I was so <laughs> upset. I was like, I'm never even going to care, you know, but mom, if you're listening, you were right. <laughs> but it did create a lot of frustration in you as a kid. And I, I think we should add just so the listener understands. I mean, you were raised by a single mom and she was, uh, you were the, you were the first born in the U S because she was born. Well, okay. Puerto Rico is part of the U S but it's an Island off of the U S. Um, and she obviously came out to Connecticut for a better life at a young age. Um, and so, you know, that comes with obviously, absorbing probably money mindset stuff, um, programming, all kinds of beliefs. And so when you think about that timing, I love that, that story about you and the cereal. With everything going on, what do you think was some of the programming stories and beliefs that you at that time were forming about what money means? I mean, I think maybe at that time it was you needed to have connections in order to make money right? You needed to have opportunities in order to make money. And where I was growing up, there wasn't a lot of those things outside of just the basics, right? Um, it wasn't until I started to work, right? At like 14, where I started doing like job programs and then summer camps and then working as a camp counselor and working kind of my way up and earning my own money that I started to understand oh, you know, you have to create some kind of value, but you need an opportunity to be able to give you that window so that you can provide the value, right? Like, for example, I was a, a summer camp at a, like an arts program, you know, every summer. And uh, that was the opportunity, right? It was an opportunity to earn money. And, and I was able to use that opportunity to then create value where then I was paid. Right. And then I was able to understand, oh, once I create this value, then the market gives me cash. Right. And I can go and get the things that I want. And that was what I started to understand. Oh, it's not that I'm limited. It's just that there's, you know, I have to figure out where the opportunity is and then figure out how to work that opportunity in a way, in a way that would allow me to maximize my, the value that I would uh, present. Right. And, they kept hiring me back, you know, because it was, it was one of my favorite things to do in the summer um, outside of school. And um, that was what I, when I started to see the division of between once I started going down that path and seeing the other kids that perhaps maybe chose a different path where their opportunity was more, you know, making money in a marketplace that, wasn't, that maybe had higher risk. You know, you could be arrested, you could be, you know, get in trouble. You're being very nice calling that a marketplace, my love. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it was a lot of, I mean, during that time, it was, it was yeah. you know, it, you had to survive and that's yeah. what we were all trying to do. And I think at the end of the day, it's, 
you know, people get caught up on that because there is that raw sense of we need to survive. And, uh, you know, if you're from that, you see that you see, you, you know, I had cousins and family members that were going down those paths. But at the end of the day, it's because they're just trying to figure it out. They're trying to figure out how to survive, you know, how to put food on the table, how to actually um, get these things that they need and want. And so, you know, my mom was, you know, she understood and she could see both of those worlds because she was a young girl in Connecticut and she could see from her brothers and sisters what these different paths were. And so my mom was very, 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 she was, I mean, she was uh, the hard fist in our family. You know, she kept us in line and made sure that we, you know, understood the expectations that she had on us and the standards that she set. And, um, you know, she pushed us into the right direction, you know. And so once I started to figure that out and, and I started to earn my own money, then, then it was, then it started to get fun, right? Because then, you know, I could start to, to work towards the things that I wanted. I have so much gratitude for your mom because I just, I mean, she has three boys one year apart. And you're right. It was, yeah, it was probably tough and it was probably the kind of discipline that you really wanted to rebel against at that time. And she was definitely figuring it out for herself. Um, but because of that discipline and the decisions that she made as a mother, um, you guys turned out pretty amazingly. And I think that's very transparent. You know, when we do go back to Bridgeport and we see some of the different decisions other people made, and I'm just so grateful to her for creating you <laughs> and yeah. the man that you are. Yeah, I mean, my mom was the, you know, she was the visionary. And, you know, every time we go back and we catch up with her, I always thank her for that because yeah. she saw something. She saw, she wanted a, a different way of life for us. And it wasn't until I understood what she was trying to create that once I did see it and once she kind of implanted that vision for me, then I took it and ran with it in a way that I, that felt right for me, right? And how I wanted to create it. Uh, moving forward. And so it, it's continuously evolving. But, you know, it's something my brothers have taken their own expression and they've created their own versions of what that is. But ultimately, it was all about getting out, right? Getting out of that environment and putting yourself in an environment that would allow you to thrive, right? Allow you to, um, to, to grow and, and have love and, and have the things that you need. So... You said something interesting that I would like to highlight and maybe even question you on a little bit. You said that you realized that in order, maybe for you, it was in order to get out um, or to start having more opportunity, you had to be given opportunity to then be able to share your value. But knowing you and, and knowing your brothers, was it that you were handed opportunity or you actually sought out that opportunity because of the belief that you had? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a little bit of both. First, you need to have that belief that you can do something differently. It, it also helps when you have someone that's holding you accountable and, and keep you in line towards that belief and, and letting you know that there is no other option, right? It's like the, uh, you know, uh, you can't just give up, right? Because your mother's not going to let you uh, give up in that sense. And so that accountability and that discipline right? Every single day, you know, mom reminding us every single day that we were expected to, to become something, right? Because it was our job to, to, you know, take care of ourselves. We had to figure it out. At some point, you're going to inherit your life. 
mommy's not going to you know, be there all the time and uh, you're going to have to grow up. You're going to have to you know, take care of yourself. And that was something that we already knew. It was almost like foreshadowing, like there is this you know, time in the nest, but there is a time, right? And you're going to have to fly whether you figure it out or not. So I think having that first was, um, was important. But I think the, uh, the other part is like really understanding that, that there, you know, where we came from, it's either you do that or you get lost in the shuffle, you know? And, uh, you know, I, I lost a lot of friends, you know, that just went down the wrong path or, you know, and, and it's like way too many funerals to be going through, you know, as, as a kid and you start to understand, wow, like this could happen or this other thing is available here. And so it, it was in your face, you know, it was in your face of how you're, you're either going to make something of yourself or you're not. And, and that's it, you know, so you had to create it, you know, you had to continue. And then that was something that once I got sold on that and I understood that, then it was something that I always talked about. How do you change the, the, you know, the, the cycle, this whole cycle that has been perpetuating in our communities? How do you change that? You know, what do you do? How do you move it in another direction so that you can, you know, literally just get out of this situation and turn back and be like, I never want anyone in my family to experience those things anymore, you know? And once I started to understand and ask those questions, then it was all about how, you know, I was obsessed about it. I was obsessed about making that my reality. You know, like no one was going to tell me that I was going to be some, you know, nothing that, you know, I was going to achieve no matter what, right? It was that, that or nothing, you know? So I, I know that there will be people listening and people in my community who want to be that person to break the cycle or who come from a family in which them achieving the goals that they have on their heart, you know, they would be the first in their family to do so. And that can feel really scary, especially when you come at it from, you know, the work that I do and that the mindset and the subconscious beliefs, a lot of people can feel scared of like stepping out because it's unknown and it's uncomfortable and they fear losing their tribe because their families are their tribes. And, and, even if consciously they really desire creating massive shift and massive change, that pull from the subconscious can be really strong. Like, ah, oh, stay where you know, stay where what's, you know, quote unquote safe, even if it isn't actually safe. So you did that. And I, I, I like, you did that on a massive level, babe, like seeing where you come from um, and how you grew up, the change that you created is incredible. What would you say to somebody who's feeling that right now, who's feeling that pull and that push? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I would say, and I could only relate it to myself and hope that people can perhaps relate, you know, it was something that I always felt, right? It was something that I always felt pulling me in a direction, right? Once again, once my mom kind of instilled that idea and then it became my idea, then it was something that pulled me in the right direction and it guided me. You know, it guided me. And I think when I started to see other people be afraid and start to act negatively towards it and start to, you know, other people expose themselves, that's when I started to really understand, oh, okay, I am actually moving in the right direction. Mm, right. Yeah. Because now other people are getting afraid. They're, you know, it's things are coming up for them. 
you know, they're, you, you know, we have this saying where you're like, you're, you're, they start catching feelings, you know, like, <laughs> hey, it's like, oh, okay, something's going on over here now, where now the vibe is different because I'm striving to do something over here and you're trying to keep the vibe in a certain way, whereas I'm trying to, you know, evolve in some way. And so that's a good sign that, that excited me, you know, knowing that you are the first, that you are going to uh, be able to, uh, to, to, you know, go through some unknown and what you're going to learn is going to be something that's amazing. To me, it was exciting because I can then be able to bring that back. You know, being an older brother, I was able to always bring, like, go on a journey and come back and tell my brothers exactly everything that I had experienced, right? Because I knew that that had value, being able to go and experience and then come back and learn. So I, I would say, you know, push through, you know, you have to push through. And that's a good sign when people start to, when you have those feelings. I, I always tell the story when I, when I first moved to uh, Los Angeles, right? And, uh, <laughs> you know, I decided, hey, I'm going to move to LA, you know, so, uh, part of my circle. They all, they all had all these negative things to say about Los Angeles, right? And I'm like, bro, have you ever even been to LA? You haven't even been to Los Angeles. What are you talking about, right? Yeah, it's just, you know, everybody had an opinion. Everybody had something. They've never stepped foot in Los Angeles. Oh, my and God. And everyone had something to say about LA. And I kept telling them, I said, yeah, but it's just because you got to remember, I'm going there. Like, this is me. You know, like, they thought I would get sucked up into that whole superficiality of what Los Angeles has as this, you know, kind of themes, right? And I, and I told people, even from the beginning, I said, Come on, man. This is me. Like, this is who I am. I'm not going to get sucked into that. And so it's important that you, you know, you know yourself, you know what you're capable of doing, but watch out for that because it's, it was some of my closest friends, you know, that were trying to keep me in this community, in this safety. And to be fair, years later, you know, some of those people have, you know, been like, wow, man, you had the guts to do that. You had the guts to just go for it, you know, and, and, and just like sacrifice and, and do those things that you wanted to do on your own terms. Like, so it's something that people later on will admire about you. But at the beginning, it may feel like, oh, they're trying to keep you safe. They're trying to protect you. They're, they all have the best intentions, right? But yeah, look out for that. Do you think it's coming from their own fear? I mean... Yeah, some of it is. Some of it is 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 definitely coming from from that, you know, not knowing. And I think one of the big things is that if you're pushing, then it always reminds them, how much am I pushing? Like, oh, here's Ray going after his goals again. This is a theme. Every time I hang out with Ray, it's all about what he's trying to accomplish, what he's trying to do, how he's trying to move forward. That's like the vibe he's on all the time. Well, you know, that's going to bring up some things about somebody else if they're not really about that. Maybe in their quiet times, they're thinking about, well, what about me? And that's un that could be uncomfortable for a lot of people, right? Very few people will encourage you, right? In, in a lot of ways, they have to be cool with who they are and encourage you, right? And usually are, they're, they're older because they already have experience. They already know that you need to walk down those steps yourself, but you know, if they're your peers, sometimes it, it can bring things up because maybe they're not as aggressive about, you know, they're not as ambitious. They're not, you know, trying to change, um, you know, the status quo of whatever your community is. And that could be uncomfortable for people. Hi. 
Hello, beautiful, gorgeous soul. I'm going to ask you to just do something really small and pause with me in this conversation so that you can support me in sharing the beauty and power and magic within these conversations with even more people who need to hear them. If you are enjoying this podcast episode, please screenshot yourself listening to this episode on your phone or wherever you're listening to it from and go and tag me in it on social media. Not only so that I can say hey and celebrate you for listening to this, but also so that this can reach even more souls. And if you want to give me an epic, epic, beautiful gift, it would be so amazing to receive a podcast review from you. It really does help this podcast reach more people and be seen and heard by those that need to receive this. So please take just two minutes, not even to rate it, leave a review. And then if you actually screenshot your review before submitting it, go on over to my DMs at girl underscore unfilter and send me a screenshot of that so that I can send you a very special morning manifestation meditation that is usually just for my exclusive clients. And I would love to give you access to that as a little thank you. Okay, now that's all said and done, let's head back to the conversation. There's a trait in you that I admire and yet I also find triggering. <laughs> can you, I don't know if you can guess what it is, but, and I think this knowing you and being your wife, I can imagine this being your through line far before obviously I met you. And that is your obsessiveness. And I mean this in a loving way, selfishness when it comes to your goals and your ambitions. Like when you set your mind on something that you want to do and you want to achieve, you become a horse that has blinkers on. Like you just look for it. I see it in you even today. I mean, even just thinking about you and playing golf all year. Right. I mean, you became obsessive about improving your golf game. So I can imagine, only imagine you in your early 20s going out to New York, leaving Bridgeport, going out to New York, that was a big change. And then eventually from New York coming to LA, the energy and obsessiveness, and as I say it lovingly, selfishness, it took for you to do that. Could you share a little bit about what that is within you? Well, I mean, I had really good mentors, right? And they shared a lot of really key messages with me, which was that you have to make something of yourself, you right? And you have to set personal goals. You have to achieve you, 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 right? That meant that I had to walk through. I had to learn those things. I had to set certain goals. So you have to have that focus, right? There's no way that you can achieve anything, you know, without having that, you know, straight up like tunnel vision of what you're trying to do because it's, you know, the world is, is, is out there to beat you down sometimes, you know, it could be rough out there. And there's a lot of things that can stop you, a lot of obstacles. So you have to be strong. You have to pick your path. You have to say, I'm walking in this direction and this is where I'm going to go. And if I fall and scrape and get burned or fall and break something, 
at least now I know what that feels like. Now I know what, what, so I can brush myself off and say, okay, maybe I need to change tactics or, but you know, ultimately you're the one that has to walk that path. Right. And so you have to have that singular focus um, to be able to, to make something of yourself. Cause at the end of the day, what you're trying to understand is who are you, right? What are you, what are you about? What, what matters to you? What are you made of? And all of that is you, right? You have to be the one that goes through that. And so it is a personal journey and it starts with you setting a lot of personal goals, you know, uh, and it's something that I understand deeply so that when I'm talking to other people about goals, I'm all about, well, what are you trying to do, right? What is, what is your, what's important to you? What are the goals that you're trying to accomplish, right? And it allows someone to then be a, te- a better team player when they're more singular focused because they understand what it takes. But, you know, that the same thing is I can't walk, you know, certain um, certain things that you set for yourself of things that you wanted to accomplish. I couldn't do them for you. I couldn't tell you how to do them. It's like, babe, like you're going to do this. How are you? How do you want to go about this? Right. And asking you questions in a way to support your own personal goals. So I think, you know, that that's a that's a strength, you know, and it's also can be looked at as like, oh, man, this dude's super ambitious or he only cares about himself. Yeah. At that point, I do. Right. Because that's important to me. Right. It's important that I figure this out because no one's going to do it for me. Right. And so I have to have that expectation. Um, But it also allows me to be a a better team player. Right. Because I understand what it takes. Right. And I understand that everyone has their own personal journey uh, to being able to achieve the things or to arrive at wherever they're trying to get to. Right. I'm so glad you shared that. And there's a reason why I asked you that. And it's because a lot of our listeners, obviously, are women. And that can be tough for us as women to have that singular focus or that um, drive and, and that like, you know, selfish ambition. I keep using the word selfish and there's a reason because it's triggering for us as women to think of ourselves as being selfish as a belief behind that. Because we are taught as women, and I'm really generalizing here, but hey, that we should be giving, 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 giving to others that we should be serving, serving for others. And I'm so glad that I met you, obviously for so many different reasons, but you, as triggering as it was for me, and sometimes, honestly, I'll put my hands up, still is, you taught me that that I could be like that. You showed me an example of what it looks like to be like that. And I still sometimes struggle with it. And so for a woman who is hearing you say that, but maybe thinks, but I can't do that, or I don't get to do that, or it's wrong, or it's bad for me to prioritize me? What? Above everyone else and my goals? Prioritize what? No. Like, that feels so uncomfortable. What would you say to her? Well, for starters, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's all about balance, right? And we talk about this all the time, right? If I'm on my seat, right, on my throne, and, and taking care of my responsibilities and you're seated next to me and you're taking care of your responsibilities and you're right. We're both ruling this empire that we're creating, right? Literally, it's our family. And then from there, it grows to our business and then our community. But it first starts literally in our house, right? And so, you know, I have the crown, you have the crown and you have to then 
take those responsibilities and take that ownership. I can't be the queen for you. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I can't be, and you can't be the king for me. It's understanding those roles and how pivotal that I need you to be at your full queen capacity, just like you need me to be at my full king capacity. Right. And, and the more that I can give and support to support that for you to become that, the more I benefit. Right. Because then I understand, hey, if you're operating at your fullest potential, then our house is operating at its fullest potential. Right. And our, our children and our community vice, you know, all of those things. And so, you know, you have to step into that. You have to be able to take that seat in that position that you already have. No one's going to, you know, knight you and say, OK, now, no, you take that seat. Right. And if you're married or, you know, you're in a relationship you already have that title, right? That is you, right? That's what you're, you're supposed to be. And, and however you design that with your partner on how those roles are, great. That's amazing because I think a lot of those roles are kind of changing and evolving. And it's, you know, there, there are more working women and working dads or dads that are staying home more, vice versa. You know, there's all things that we talk about and how we can redesign that based on, you know, what type of uh, lifestyle we want. But at the end of the day, it's like it you have to take that seat and just own it, right? And, and, uh, and not feel bad about it, you know, because if you do feel bad about it, it's just going to trickle down, right? Then it becomes now, it's like now we start having a, a bad vibe and something's wrong with you. And, you know, I'm busy doing all these things. And now we're, I'm getting pulled over here because now you're struggling with this. So now we have to kind of work on that. And so I think it's just, it's, it's all about just, taking that seat. You know, if I always tell you, just sit on that throne right there and just, you know, imagine just like the queen of England, no one tells her, (laughs) you know, she's not the queen of England, right? I mean, she sits down, she's like, I'm running this show. Okay. I'm the, I'm the, I'm why everyone's here. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, so yeah, I mean, it's that, it's that to me, I think it's, and it was one of the things that I really understood because again, going back to that story of my mom, I understood and I saw it firsthand what it's like to be a woman, right? What it's like to navigate the world, you know, trying to be a mom, trying to put food on the table, trying to take care and be a disciplinary and do all these things. So to me, my mom was a superwoman, right? Because I'm like, well, my mom's doing this on her own. So now I'm like, what do you mean you can't, you know, of course you can. You have me by your side. Like you can do anything, right? Like my mom could have, she did all those things and she figured these things out. So women have an insane amount of power and responsibility at the same time. But, you know, it's, it's being able to see that my mom was able to execute, right? And so there is no limit to, you know, what you can achieve. The possibilities are stronger now because I am supporting you, right? And we're supporting each other in that sense. So, you know, the, the world has changed in that sense. Like a lot of people starting to wake up to that, you know, wake up to that especially women. I, I see it all the time, especially the work you're doing and the, the, the women we're meeting. It's they're waking up to that whole concept. And I think the minute that they wake up to it and really just own that, I mean, it just starts to, you know, it starts to snowball, you know, and the things that are possible. And I think what you're also saying by taking your throne, because obviously that's something you actually say to me quite a lot, that also begins with me focusing on myself. Mm -hmm. That means before I can serve, 
I have to take the seat powerfully as a queen, which means I have to have prioritized myself, my wellness, my ambitions, my goals in order to powerfully take that seat. And then when I do take that seat, I'm serving at a greater capacity. That's totally legit. I mean, that's that's it. You know, having that because now you're operating at that full capacity and then together that's where like, okay, now we're creating something powerful, right? Because now you're bringing all of your, you know, energies and creativity and everything that you have that you're bringing to the table, you're, you're bringing it and then I'm bringing it and then together we're creating this whole other energy, right? That's evolving as we're together. Right. And it just it becomes exciting at that point, because now you feel like you are growing together in that sense, because they're like, all right, babe, you're going to handle that. I'm going to handle this. And then together, if there's other things that we can come together on and we'll tag team it. You know, I tell you a lot of the times you're like, hey, you're going to be the CEO of that domain in our family, whatever this is or that that's on you. I'm like, you're you tell me what's up. Like, okay, (laughs) great. You know, and then there's other things that I'm like, hey, I have a lot of strengths over here. I'm going to pour myself into this. Let's move and let's utilize what we have as a team because we're both trying to get to the same place. Right. And so, you know, that partnership has to work. We are a, a dynamic team and I can't do you know, everything and you can't do everything, nor you should, because it's just a lot harder. So if you do have a partner, it's like, hey, you know, make it happen. You know, how can you share in that? But I think what really helps us stay on that through line is that we are on the same page with the destination that we're heading to. So sometimes I might, I might cut a corner and then I'll meet you back on that path or sometimes you verge off the path, but we kind of come back to that same verge because we are ultimately heading on the same, you know, heading on the same path. We're heading on in the same direction. And I think that's really important when it comes to being in a relationship. If you're listening to this, you're in a relationship or you're manifesting a relationship or you've been married for years is for us, I want to share, if you don't mind, like, For me, communication has been the key thing for our relationship to continue to thrive. And it has been uncomfortable at times. And I have not wanted to stay up talking about the topic that we are talking about. Or I've cried, or you've cried, or we've gotten heated. But we will stay in that sticky place until we've come to a resolution. Until we look each other in the eye and it's like, you're good. I'm good. I understand you better now. You understand me better now. We got this. We're back. We're headed in that direction. How do you learn how to do that, babe? <laughs> Can I just say one thing about that? I mean, it's it's something you develop in a yeah. relationship. And I think that the reason why it's now starting to get fun for us, right, is that at the beginning we were we were trying to iron these things out, making yeah. sure like, hey, you know, this is my standard. This is my expectation. These are the things that I want. Sharing those things with you, hearing you share your versions of what you wanted, and then it having this kind of like, okay, this is how it's going to, how we're going to create it together. And I think as we had those conversations, more trust, you know, there was more trust in our relationship to the point where I I believe deeply. It's like, oh, you do want to create the same thing that I want to create. We're both working towards the same vision. I absolutely trust that you have that vision in your hand. And so, you know, 
when you move around, you're going to get there because I trust you. I trust that, you know, you're going to you again, going back to that, you're going to have to find your own way to get there. But I already know that you have the guidepost already because you told me what yours is. Right. And so, you know, if you ever get it too wide or too left, hey, we're going to get there. But maybe we had to go this, you know. And so I think now we're starting to understand that because we put all that groundwork in, you know, and going back to your question, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, it, it was hard to see relationships. You know, it seemed like there was a lot of people that had a lot of problems with relationships. You know, when we first moved out of Bridgeport, for example, we moved to like the nicer part of the suburbs on the outskirts of town. Um, it was like the first time that we were in kind of like a suburban neighborhood. And I remember I was like meeting all these new types of kids, you know, and, and you know, for some reason <laughs> I became the nickname in, in the neighborhood was that they called me Counselor Ray. <laughs> no way. I did not know that. Yeah. Counselor Ray. Right. And this was because I would and this was kind of like my secret little tactic to like like talk to girls because that was kind of my only mission when I was like 14 and 15. It's just how can I like talk to more girls? Um, what I would just ask a lot of questions to the girls, right? That were like kind of older, like, okay, there's a 16 year old girl that she's like super like pretty and hot or whatever. And I would ask them questions and they would just start opening up to me about their relationships, about the things that they wanted, what they wanted to share. How come this guy, why is he like this? And they would ask me all these questions about how their guy, why was he being like this? Why? And just listening and asking questions, I got to understand, I'm like, oh, wow, there's a lot of things that people aren't just not saying to each other. But it allowed me to go, well, what would I do in that situation? Because now I'm hearing and seeing what this girl is going through. And I'm going, how would I, how could I fix this? Because in my man brain, I'm going, well, this needs to get fixed somehow. So what is it that you're looking for? And I would ask more questions because I'd be more curious about, well, you know, trying to get to the bottom of really what was going on. And usually after a couple hours of conversation, we would always, it always be something completely different from what the beginning of the conversation was about. And it was about something completely different that was really at the core of whatever that problem was. And that got me to understand that, okay, you got to go deep you got to figure out that there's something that's really at the core of this. And what you're saying, maybe initially, may not necessarily be the things that you're feeling. They could be on the surface and you got to get those out and peel through that in order to go, oh, where is this opportunity to have a breakthrough? Oh, it's here. Okay. And then that creates that feeling like an acting where you have that visceral feeling of like you've gone through something. Well, you have to get to that point first. And then have that breakthrough. And it's like, okay, wow, I have a better understanding of who I am. And hopefully you walk away with a better understanding. You walk away better than when you first started in the relationship. I always thought that that was super key in, our, in any relationships, even with my, with my homies. I'm like, you know, how can we get to the core of whatever it is that we're talking about and really iron it out until we really understand, oh, wow, that's really where it's coming from and have that moment and, and celebrate that breakthrough. Can you imagine being on a first date with this man? <laughs> oh my God, you guys. He did not let me leave the conversation. <laughs> oh, I, I asked questions. I asked questions. I had never met a man up until that point. Or maybe, I should not even say man. 
person, man or woman, who had looked at me and asked me so many inquisitive questions. I was it was I or was I not so uncomfortable with how deep you were going with the questions? Yeah. And and your level of attentiveness as well. I felt very unnerved by that. Like, you know, obviously I started to peel back the layers bit by bit. Um took you quite a few dates to yeah, <laughs> you called me yeah. the the butterfly. butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> um we got there at the end, but um it was uh, it was unnerving. I won't lie, and, and you know that to feel so seen and to have somebody listen to me for the first time in that way, because what it was really allowing me to do was listen to myself, and I don't think I had maybe given myself the space to do that, and that's really important and really powerful when it comes to a relationship. And and the thing is, I don't want somebody who's listening to this to think that we have it all figured out and that we always get our communication right, because that's definitely not the case. And we're sitting here, you know, we're now three years into marriage. We dated for a while before then. And I think that what's supported us in getting here and to continue to grow is that growth is our through line in our relationship. It always has been when you think about it. Like, how are you growing? How am I growing? And how are we going to grow together? And that comes back to the king and queen analogy. Because I've got to be growing on my end. You've got to be growing on your end in order for us to then come together and say, well, how are we going to grow as a team? Right. Yeah. I mean, we have to first be aligned with what we're trying to create, that vision, right? And that should be big. It should be audacious. It should be something that's like, wow, okay, we're, we're about to go. There's many times where we've talked about like, how can we up level? Like we went from, you know, when we first started in our marriage and then you started getting all excited about like up leveling. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta like, okay, we're, we're doing this now. And we're now we're, we're, you know, creating. And so, you know, we, we set this vision and then how do we do that daily? We know that that's going to take a while. I mean, we're, we're planning, you know, family and how we're going to be as parents. We're having those discussions and What's going to be important? How do we, you know, so it's just questions and stay curious. We have to stay curious in figuring that out. But you did say something that's key. And that is, if we can listen to each other, then yeah, you do get to hear your ideas. You do get to hear what you are trying to figure out. And that's important. And it also allows me to have that space as well, where, you know, sometimes I'm going on these rants and you're you know, sometimes just head nodding and I'm like trying to get it all out because now I'm processing and I'm putting it out in the world. And I think that's probably what was cool about our relationship is that I was genuinely into you. I was genuinely curious about who you were. I was already, you know, wanting to know more of you. And so that's just because I pulled out a personal development book on our third date. <laughs> and you told me you were a scuba diver. So <laughs> He's like, he's like, how long have you been reading personal development books? I looked at him. I was like, I don't know, since day one. Like, like. you brought that to our first beach day. Come on, like, that was like, you know, good move. Yeah, very good move. Um, but there will be people listening who maybe don't feel that level of being listened to in their relationship, who don't feel like their partner is completely on the same page as them. I know I hear that a lot from the women in my containers and in my groups, especially as they start moving through their own individual money mindset journey. For those that are in relationships, one of the most common questions I get asked is, what do I do about my partner's money mindset? 
well, what do I do about their um, limiting beliefs around money or their lack mindset? How do I change them or how can I shift things for them? And they get nervous and they get scared about that that, and it can create resentment. And, And I understand where all of that is coming from. But we've been on that journey too, as as a couple, both individually and together. And so what advice would you have for somebody who is listening to this, who doesn't know how to approach that with their own partner? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I mean, because ideally you want to be aligned with, you know, ideally someone that, you know, is going to be your partner. You want to have some something of interest there that's going to spark you know, something that's going to continue to grow. I think you have to ask questions. You have to be able to figure out how can you ask the right questions that get the person talking positively about it without them feeling like they're being criticized. Yes. Oh my God. That is so it, babe. Yeah. You just put it so perfectly. Right. I mean, that's all of what communication is because obviously when we're talking, we're vulnerable to each other, right? If I say, if I share an idea and you, you know, you take it the wrong way, I, I, I could get a real big feeling of that. I could be, feel really vulnerable, really rejected, right? Because we're in that intimate space. So how do we create that place where it's not about cr- criticizing? It's like, oh, well, who are you listening to about this? But it has to have the right tone. You know, because even tonality can, you know, if you're close, that can mean something else to your partner, even though my intentions are, you know, but the way it comes out, you know, could be so. Like you and the dress I was going to wear on date night. Yeah. Mexico. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes, sometimes my <laughs> tone sucks. Sometimes your tone sucks, love. <laughs> sometimes it works. Yeah. And that's what, I'm, you know, and I'm learning that. I'm learning like, oh, okay, that was, that was a bit too, too direct. You know, uh, and so I think it's a, it's a tough question, but you have to find things that are going to be of interest to you. So maybe asking, hey, who are you listening to for this type of advice and be curious about what their, you know, what their influences are. Right. And find out, well, what is that about? Ask questions and let them. Right. Because just because they're listening to something Maybe they don't even understand what, what, what they're processing yet because they're just listening. They're being influenced, right? But they're not even talking it out yet. You know, we live in this society now where everything is coming at you at, you know, from every single direction. But how often are people asking you, like, well, what do you think of that? Right? How does that affect you? Share your feelings about it personally, not in even some mob or anything like that. Just ask the right question. Why do you think that? How do you arrive to that? Oh, that's so interesting. Can you tell me more? And in that process, someone else can be learning and maybe spark something in them, or maybe they can, you know, it starts there. You know, we, we, we talk about this all the time in our relationship. I mean, there's so much polarity in ever in our society right now. There's so much of it everywhere. And it's something that's been you know, happening in this country for 60, 70 years. You know, if you look back at our history, just from that period, there's always been this massive, crazy divide. And yet we're outside every year, every time we're, you know, trying to protest to make things better. And yet nothing's really, you know, like it's still polarizing, right? So obviously the way we've been going about it, screaming and yelling at each other is not working because there's, it still exists. 
So we have to find a way to be able to ask questions and really be curious and really want to actually listen. Like what you're, what are you really going to say? And not create the polarity within our own homes because it begins in the home. Yeah. And I think it's really key. What you said there is that if you're beginning from a place of frustration and resentment, because somebody's not doing something the way that you want them to do it. Well, you tell me, what are they going to, how are they going to respond? How would you respond to that? Well, I mean, you also have to check as to what your, where you are in that scenario. I think Mm. sometimes people kind of have these like, oh, this is what I want, right? This is where I want to be. They want to be at step 10, but they're not even at step one yet. They haven't even taken that first initial step. Like, oh, I want all these things. I'm like, okay, cool, but well, this is a learning process. There's a learning curve here, right? Where are you in this level? Right. And and sometimes people are like, oh, I want this. I want the, you know, the big house and the and the nice car. I'm like, oh, okay, but you haven't held a job in or you haven't made any income yet. And you're like talking about all this other things. Like, okay, well, where does it start? You have to be able to start somewhere, right? And ask questions and then really figure out is that, you know, as you're having those conversations, hopefully you have a better understanding. Uh, is this person aligned with what I'm trying to create? But you, you know, you just have to figure that out. You know, you have to have those conversations and it starts with asking, I think being genuinely curious and asking questions. What do you think? How? I love that question. I, to me, that's the most, my favorite word in the English language, right? Is just how, like is so powerful, right? If you're asking someone that, how can you do that? Or how is that interesting to you? Or how do you, you know, just Throw that in there as much as you possibly can, because literally it just makes your brain just like search for information and ways that allows you to like process things. Okay. I am laughing my head off because anyone that has worked with me ever would know that whenever they ask me, but Helena, how? Mm, Yeah. I say, fuck the how. Mm. So I'm on a different path. I hear 100% what you're saying because it comes from your beliefs and it comes from your experiences. But in my experience, for me, actually, the how is limiting. I hear when you say that, you're like, oh, it's it. And this is where I think, oh my God, I just figured out something in our relationship. Holy crap. This is what bugs me. Because sometimes I'll come to you and I'll say, I'm struggling with this, or I'm thinking about making this investment in my business, or I'm thinking about making this higher, or I'm thinking about putting 15K into this, or whatever it might be. And I'm feeling all kinds of things. Right. And you'll come straight at me with the how. Right. And it pisses me off. Yeah. And I get frustrated because you're coming at it from a place of, we're going to figure this out together. And you go into the masculine energy, which is like, you like to fix it and you like to get straight to the point. Whereas I'm just in my feelings and I hate the how because the how gets me in my head. And I love to be in my body and I love to just feel intuitively through what I'm moving through. And that has been, we can openly say like that has been a struggle point within our relationship because of that. Absolutely. But I think that's where, you know, you have that, we have that balance of energy, right? It's like, okay, you're talking to, you're talking to a masculine energy. Masculine energy is how can I build this? right? How do I go about doing this thing that I need to do? How do I rescue this person? What do I have to do, right? How do I protect? How do I, that's a very powerful word for, especially for a man, 
So when you're talking vision and feelings, great, that's awesome. Now that's like an exciting domain for a man because it's like, okay, great. Now that we've, we're exploring those things, right? It's like, great, let's build it. So what's the next step, right? And I think it's important to have that, those conversations first, because you need that vision. You need to figure out what you're trying, where are you trying to go, right? What are you trying to become? Those are absolutely important questions, right? And then at a certain point, it's like, okay, great. Let's get out of the feelings and let's start doing things. Let's start actually having those conversations, taking those steps, right? How do you get to create your vision? We need to take a step, right? And sometimes people, you know, go further out, but I'm saying that's probably the difference in our relationships. Like, oh, awesome. When you're feeling like that, that's, that's exciting to me because we're, we're now in the process of that flow. We're building now. And I think I've felt resistance towards that. And it's been obvious in our conversations because I think sometimes I'm trying to carry both the masculine and the feminine in our conversations within myself. This is completely to do with me because of what it might mean about me or my identity if I release that part of myself. Does that make sense? Like, I think for us as women who are now women who have all of these incredible opportunities in front of them, we're building our own businesses, we're building our own empires, we are creating our legacy. I get to do that over here on my island. And then I come and join with your island. Sometimes it's hard for me to really allow you to step fully into your masculine and for me to just be in my feminine. And I think that's where sometimes that, that resistance or that frustration to your energy or very masculine energy can sometimes come up for me. Right. But I think that that is, again, back to the king and queen analogy. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, we're a team and we're going after, we're creating this together. Right. How can if we were trying to compete for a a championship and some kind of trophy or, (laughs) you know, if we were in a sports and we were on a team, right, we on the team, on a great championship team, everybody knows what they're amazing at and everybody knows what their roles are that contribute to the bigger purpose of the team. And they have to let ego put the egos to the side and say, this is bigger than us, right? We're all trying to come together to build and create this, you said, legacy. Sports people create dynasties, right? We're trying to achieve this thing together, right? Yeah. And so everyone has to be really cognizant of what their strengths are. And as a team, I got to know, what are you great at, right? What am I great at? And the more that I let you be great at the things that you can do, the less I have to worry about trying to do that because you got that. Yeah. Right. You can hold that down. You're you're amazing at that. So great. We're going to our teams moving forward when you're operating on that level. Right. And the more that I can step and support that. Right. And see that. okay, this is this is your domain and you thrive on this. I can learn through you because you already have that level of expertise per se, right? So the team is moving forward. I feel like there's progress, right? We're we're working our way down that vision that we have and it's allowing you to like be at operate at that place. And I think it's important that you have you have that understanding of, hey, what are the things that I am good at and great at? 
and vice versa and let your your partner because that's what we're here to do. Let them be that strength in your team so that you don't have to carry that on your shoulders because you're already carrying all these other things, right? You're already having to worry about all these other things that I'm relying on you for, right? That you, for you to be the queen in like, you already have a full plate, right? And I have a full plate. I don't want to put more than you need to because I'm like, oh, babe, you do that better than me, right? Like, okay, great. Let's do that. Vice versa. And being cool with that because that's part of the, the what is it? The, uh, the joy of being in a team, right? As opposed to, you know, where my, where my mom was, right? It's like, oh, my mom had to do all of it by herself until she figured out there's certain things that just were really, really difficult, right? Because that was just her situation. So I think it's important that you really have that, again, conversation these with each other and really have that check your ego to the point where you're like, hey, you're great at these things, right? I can learn more about that part of my life and develop that area of my life by just letting you man that ship. Does that make sense? It comes back to this idea, I think, that yes, we can have it all. We just maybe can't do it all. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to create what we want to create. I, I always talk about, you know, designing our life, right? We're creators, we, you know, at, at, at the core of who we are, we create things, right? And so we have to decide, well, what are we going to create? What right? are we designing? What are we, what are we trying to actually build here? And then once we can connect on that vision of what right? What are we trying to become? What are we going to create? Then it's how are we going to go about holding ourselves accountable to doing that? How are we going to take the steps daily and the discipline to be able to achieve that, right? It, it goes, goes uh, hand in hand. There. Yeah. And, and allowing your partner to live in their strengths. Sometimes we don't actually give our partners permission to do that, due to ego or due to beliefs, like actually I have to carry it all by myself. I have to do it. I'm an independent woman. I'm this, I'm that. And there's actually so much power in allowing your partner to thrive in their strengths. And if you're not yet seeing that in your relationship, give that time to blossom, water that within them, feed that within them and start seeing how that begins to flourish. And I know for me, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but <laughs> the way that I have watered that personally within our relationship is by really complimenting you, really affirming something positive for you when you do something that I really appreciate or that is your strength or that I like, or that is a value for me that I want to see in my partner. And I think I've done that. I did do that quite early on. Like when you, I don't know, romance me or when you are spontaneous or when you <laughs> take the trash out or you would bring me coffee in bed in the morning. Like I really, really, I don't know if you're aware of this, like complimented you on that. And that's something, that's something I would say to anyone in any relationship, if you want your partner to do something or be something, then you've got to give that space to flourish within the relationship. And it's not going to flourish if you just tell them what they're not doing right. You have to support them in what they are doing right in quote unquote air brackets. There's no right or wrong. But if you say, I am so sick of you not doing this, why won't you do more of this? That person is going to resent that and not going to want to do anything at all because they're hearing I'm not good enough. 
Whereas if you take a few of the things that actually they do very well or that are their strengths and you play to them and you love on them and you compliment them and you give positive reinforcement to that, they are going to want to keep giving you more things to want to compliment them on, right? Right. You did say something that's key and it's like we go about it, you know, again, if you say certain things to your partner, it could be very hurtful because it's now very, the criticism is amplified, right? And it really causes you to like, you know, start thinking, you know, in bad ways of just like, oh my God, and you make it bigger than what it really is when it's really just like, okay, you feel vulnerable and, you know, you're just um, feeling criticized, right? Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of it has to be about, you know, letting that, letting that happen, you know, letting that joy come from the things that you appreciate and appreciate each other. And over time, you know, I already know if we're doing a picnic, I already know what I have to put in the bag. <laughs> He's not joking. That's not a metaphor. I already know that is exactly not an analogy. what to put in the Trader Joe's bag. Okay. <laughs> Look, we could talk for hours and hours. I barely honestly skimmed the surface with the questions that I wanted to ask you, but I really do want to leave the listeners with something. And, and this is really about how can the women listening navigate money mindset with their partners if their partners are not yet understanding that concept. I know you've been on your money mindset journey. I've been on my money mindset journey. What resources can you share? What tactics can you share? What conversations could they be having to support that growth together as a team when they are aware of doing the work? Well, I mean, for starters, like I said, I mean, try to get on the same page about both being at least curious about it, right? Check yourselves on, you know, where you're, what you're trying to create and is that aligned with your partner? Are they kind of walking the same, you know, there's people that are complete savers, right? And there's people that are spenders, right? Where are you, you know, sometimes they're, they're in the same relationship. And so how do you balance, how do you balance that? I, I think, I mean, that's a, that's a tough, tough thing. Uh, I think, finding ways where you can find other influences, right? Who is this person that you're listening to, right? When you're like, oh, babe, who are you listening to for this advice? Okay, awesome. Great. Let's listen to that podcast. Great. Now, vice versa. I want you to listen to this, this other perspective, right? It could be totally different. You know, it could be like, um, there's a lot of different, for example, personal finance coaches out there. They all have different philosophies on how to invest. Right. Okay. Let's listen to one of yours. And then when you're with your partner, when you, you know, we prioritize date night once a week, every single week, no matter what, it's like, that's our time. There's no phones. It's just us. You know, take that time when you're having dinner and ask your partner questions. Like maybe they haven't thought yet about what their vision is because they haven't been given the space to do so. So start, you know, slowly unraveling, start slowly peeling back the layers. Like if they could dream as big, what would their dream be? If they were making multiple six figures a year, where would they want to live? How would they want to live? What would their dream day be in? What would, you know, what, what are the questions? Is there anything I'm missing, babe? Yeah. I mean, but that's, that's the thing, like having it be what's aligned with their partner. I think a lot of it is like, you know, everybody's pushing this whole six figure wealth mansion, you know, lifestyle and not that not everybody wants that. Right. Right. Not everybody needs that to be happy. Right. And so it's like, what is your partner? What do you, what do you really want? Right. 
and need and really talk about that. Right? What are the things that are out there that other people have like, oh, that's cool for them, but this is, this is how we're doing it. So, you know, take those date nights instead of just watching, you know, two hours of a, of a film or, or, you know, vegging out on a bunch of episodes. Like, how do you start utilizing that time that you do have with each other to understand what is it that you guys are trying to create? Like, what are you guys trying to create? Right. And ask those questions and be curious with your partner on how, you know, on what they're trying to achieve. Right. And vice versa. It's like, oh, wow, that's cool. I didn't even know that about you. And you can learn all these new things about yourself. Hey, make make believe you're making a podcast with each other. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. hey, try to talk it out. You know, just get the conversation going and listen. And I think as more of that happens, there's more trust. There's more confidence where you feel like you can share something that's maybe could be out there for you that you think is out there. Maybe that's out there for you. Great. It is. But you now have a safe space to be able to talk about that, right? Before you're out there in the world where it's like you just put it out there and people don't even know you are commenting. It's like, no, no, it's how do we create that space, that safe place to utilize that and have those conversations? Because that's where it starts. You have to talk. You have to listen. And there's a ton of resources out there, but it's all about, well, what's more important to you before you can kind of start presenting options? You know, I can give you lists of all different types of books, but it's like, well, this person is like on this side of the table. The other person's like, "Ah, they're not necessarily going to work for everyone. So true, babe. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And those conversations may not feel flowy at times and they may feel sticky. I know we've gotten really uncomfortable at times having those conversations. Sometimes we end, you know, we're having a glass of wine and it feels amazing and we're so in love at the end of the conversation. And other times I'm sick of you because you've pushed me into a corner that maybe I don't want to be pushed into or it's brought out something within me that is uncomfortable. But keep coming back, keep breathing through that. But that's what growth feels like. Exactly. That's what growth feels like. You have to, you have to get a little some scrapes, you know, you have to get cut, you have to fall sometimes and you have to pick yourself up because the way we're designed, you know, we're literally, that's how we learn, right? We tend to, you know, put more emphasis on things that, that are caused by pain than joy, right? And, but we need both of those things in order to really understand, like if I didn't feel joy, I wouldn't know what pain is, right? We have to operate from those two worlds there. So you have to, there's times where, oh my God, this feels great. This is, you know, blissful and we're celebrating and we're celebrating all these little things that are happening in our lives. Hopefully you're celebrating all of the the steps that you're taking in in this vision that you have for yourself or, you know, if you're working it with your partner, celebrate those, right? Create that positive, you know, uh, vibe. But then know that, okay, well, if we're going to keep reaching for those and keep striving and keep growing, then there are going to be conversations that we should have that should make us uncomfortable, right? We should cry a little bit. We should scream at each other a little bit. We should, (laughs) you know, be like, hey, this is, you know, get mad and turn over and, you know, but ultimately that's how you know you're growing. You know, you have to have both of those things, I think. Couldn't be more on the same page, babe. Okay. I know you're getting hungry and I'm going to make you dinner. So I've won. That's the reward for this podcast, babe. That is the reward for this podcast. It's a pretty easy reward today. I thought I was going to have to do way more, but it worked out today perfectly. I have one last question. Answer it with whatever first comes up for you. 
What does leading a rich and wealthy life mean to you? Being able to uh, look back with very few regrets. That's wonderful. Okay. I love you, babe. I'm so grateful to you. Thank you for sharing so much wisdom and truth. I know that you're a very personal person. Like you like to keep things private and you just shared from your heart. And I love you so much. And I'm so grateful to you for doing that. This was fun. I love you too, babe. If you loved today's episode, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button because women supporting women is my jam. And if you want extra daily doses of motivation, then be sure to follow me on Instagram at girl underscore unfiltered and go ahead and screenshot this episode. Send me a DM and share your biggest takeaway because I love hearing from you and I just really want to drop into your DMs basically. (laughs) So I'm sending you so much love and abundance and have an amazing day.